Are you okay there? Just trying to find it. Welcome all ye beings from near and from far who have gathered here around the campfire of our collective storytelling prowess to um, hear the tale and also a little bit about what kind of thing we think do good for tale. I was a little bit disappointed that you didn't rhyme any of that. You know, the thought actually didn't occur to me at the time, but that's okay. Uh, this is me, John who is, I'm me. I'm joined here with Becca. Hello. Becca, who, who is in fact eight months pregnant with our son daughter, we don't know, um, <laughs> whose name uh, we, I'm pretty sure is going to be like Noswaldicus Kithris Sonadrid the third. Ferdinand. The fourth, Ferdinand. I, who is the first, uh, whatever, who is the first one, much less the second the f- one? Well, Kithris, well, Sonadrid, as we know, was actually the, uh, he was named after King Sonadrid, one word. That's oh, right. That's yeah. right, yeah. So, so this is Sonadrid the third, who's also Kithris the second. Yes. Also Ferdinand. And. Noswaldicus. Yes. Becca's having a baby is what we're, you know, trying to to get out of this. Hooray. And uh, it's it's coming soon. And poor Becca has has not had an easy time of it. No. (laughs) And I'm very uncomfortable right now. Oh, no. If you need to, like, contribute your part and then, like, lay down, you can do that. So we can have, like, a temporary guest appearance and then, like, bring you back when we start, like, reading. Yes. Yes, that might be a good idea. Okay. And I could take my popcorn and eat it over there. <laughs> so <laughs> let's um, let's waste no time then for the sake of, of your comfort. Hey all, this is Stinklings, where we Yay! talk about bad fantasy and we produce and read bad fantasy. Last time we talked about R.A. Salvatore and the Crystal Shard and Becca finished it at last. Now that you finished it, after our discussion about it, the question that is burning like a searing prong in our minds is... It hurts. It does. Is it good fantasy? Is it mythopoetic or mythopathetic? Mm, mythopoboring. Okay. <laughs> I was not expecting this, but I appreciate the third option. Just pulling that out there. Yep. It was... I mean, the beginning is like the end... And that, oh my oh, goodness, that okay? was my voice. <laughs> it's a oh, roller coaster of a, of a sentence there. Yes, it, the beginning was like the end where you have your, uh, there's quite a few characters and it doesn't spend a lot of time with the characters I wish they would. Like, okay, it does spend time with Dritz de Erden, but I wish it spent more time with Jits to Erden, and instead it's it's like oh the evil guy and oh the demon guy and oh Regis the halfling oh yeah that guy I hate that name Regis it's a, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's it a just, terrible name ugh. yes it, it is it's not a great name is. let's be fair I mean I know there are people named Regis and that's cool but like my name is John. And I think that's also a perfectly fine name, but I wouldn't like name a character John unless I were writing like a historical kind of fantasy thing. I do it then. Or like a science fiction thing set in like a speculative version of our future. Sure. Like Lady Jessica from Dune. Uh, But yeah, so it has Crystal Shard. It had battle sequences. 
just like the beginning battle sequences where we get details about how every single thing dies. <laughs> and in the end, we get details about how every single thing dies. <laughs> and it should be this really big battle and feel monumental and, and crazy and like, whoa, people are dying. But instead, it just kind of plods on like, doop, 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 doop. Oh, they did. Doop, 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 doop. Oh, they did. <laughs> and it's over might have been more efficient just to like record a tally for a body count it really would like a lot more and you're supposed to have these big emotional moments like oh no the dwarf guy whose name i don't care to remember (laughs) is dying but it was a fake out or uh oh no the barbarians are gonna do a thing Yay. Or like, oh, some people ran out to go help save other people of ten towns. Nah. (laughs) Because you don't spend enough time with them to even care. So, uh, I, it, it was so, it was such a slog that I don't think I can read the second and third ones. Yeah, honestly, I, I've read the second and part of the third book, and you would not be missing out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Becca's going to... Are you going to lay down? or? Yes, but I'll be right here. Okay. Okay. Thank you and for your... Your contribution yeah, has you. been weighed and found greatly, greatly valuable. I suppose I ought to... Because you introduced yourself, and Becca introduced herself. Um, I'm Who Laura. are you? I'm Laura. I'm the gremlin that lives in their basement. I sometimes come up to go haunt their their uh bedroom no actually what happens what who i actually am is laura i'm john's sister and becca's sister-in-law and i actually live in california and (laughs) this is a multi-time zone podcast and becca's back there and i just really hope that uh, if you can hear in the background popcorn being consumed by Becca. Oh, there she goes. But if, if anyone, because this microphone's a little bit, you know, sensitive. Um, you know how whenever anyone does anything and it's like, normally it would be a little bit like, oh, I don't know if that was like the best idea or whatever, but you see that they're pregnant. You're like, oh shoot, I'm so sorry. You go do that thing. So do that for us, please. So I thought it'd be a cool segment before we hop into the next topic to, um, to introduce a new segment called R-A-S-M-R, Salvatore. Okay. <laughs> Blood, Cadibri muttered grimly, holding a torch and bending low over the line of droplets in the corridor near the entryway of a small chamber. Another arrow went off. But we lost favor, Jin started to protest but it was a lame argument in the face of Vierna's demonstration. This has been R.A.S.M.R. Salvatore. That was great. That was beautiful. I love Thank it. Thank you. That was Thank gorgeous. You. This Thank is actually... <laughs> this is funny, because I actually like listen to ASMR videos to help me fall asleep, and... So I'm mm-hmm. not really sure how to feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can record an entire hour of this for you, Laura. <laughs> that's, that's okay. You don't need to do that. It's all good. Uh, so shall we 
move on to talk about a topic that is near and dear to the heart of many, many a fantasy reader, listener, author, fan, and that is Star Wars. Which is a fantasy. Absolutely, it's a fantasy. It, yes, it has spaceships, it has lasers and all these things, but the whole point, it's it's like a fairy tale in space and always has been a fairy tale in space. We should give a very brief background on our own ex- of how we our own relationship to Star Wars just so that we have some street cred, some nerd cred, I guess. Okay, quick a uh, lightning round of Star Wars trivia. Yes. Kyle, Katarn, Dash, Rendar, a Corellian, Warship, YT, uh cruiser, freighter, whatever. It's the Millennium Falcon. Don't worry. Um hey, um- well let's let's recover. Yeah, okay. Recovery round. <laughs> uh, okay, 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 okay. Plo? Coon. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and- dang, I was hoping to trip you up with that one. In case it didn't notice, John is much more of a Star Wars nerd than I am. No, 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 no. There's no... This is exactly what we're here to talk about, is fandom wars. Exactly. And I grew up with the EU. I watched Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace twice in theaters when I was seven. So, you know, I, st- I have some cred, guys. And, and the thing is, the, the elephant in the room, there's a fantasy fandom at war with itself. Although it's actually been okay, kind of, over the past like couple months. So, okay, the, the Last Jedi. I went to see this film. No, no, back up. Not starting with The Last Jedi. No, back up further, John. Further. Further than this. Okay, so Disney acquired Lucasfilm in like... No, back up even further. This is too... Even further than that. After Return of the Jedi came out, it came out and that was the end of Star Wars for a lot of people, right? Basically, yeah. But during the 80s, there was this thing called West End Games. It's a They made RPGs, role-playing games. You know, like D&D, except it wasn't D&D. And they made a Star Wars RPG. And this Star Wars RPG was kind of the spark that lit the fire that burned down the first order of not doing more Star Wars. Because it was from when, when Timothy Zahn was commissioned to do the, we might call them the Thrawn trilogy today, the Heir to the Empire, Last Command, all those books. It was continuing the story of Star Wars. As far as we were concerned, this was all we were gonna get. And he used kind of as his source book, the uh, West End Games RPG source books. And so a lot of things that were developed during this West End Games period and the Timothy Zahn period became what we now call the expanded universe, where they continued the universe of Star Wars beyond Return of the Jedi. We could we continued the storylines of Luke, Han, and Leia as they, you know, Luke went off to try to, you know, start a new generation of Jedi because that was what he was told to do by Yoda. And he he finds a Joru Saboth or Kabao or I can't remember how to pronounce his name and and Leia's pregnant uh, with her her twins and and they're on Coruscant all these things were established in this first book even the the city Coruscant the city planet Coruscant that hadn't existed before this was the beginning of the EU and for decades this was Star Wars yeah and it really honestly is probably what cemented Star Wars as a classic beyond just its movies Um, the Star Wars fandom was kept alive through this EU, through then it continued with more books. You had like Kevin J. Anderson was a was a pretty prolific author. 
um, you had the Young Jedi Knight series, which I read as a kid. You had the the video games, Dark Forces, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2, and then Jedi Outcast, which was Jedi Knight 2, but not Dark Forces 3 for some reason. You had uh, Shadow of the Empire, that one N64 Christmas, well, where if you were any kind of cool kid, you got an N64 and you played Shadow of the freaking Empire. I was not a cool kid, but I knew cool kids. My personal favorite was Knights of the Old Republic, which is the best, I-, I think, is the best Star Wars game ever made. Fight me. But it has the worst Twi'lek dancing. Yes, it does. It does have the worst. I will not argue with you on that. It does have the worst Twi'lek dancing. Actually, it just has the worst dancing out of any Star Wars game. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So apparently Darth Revan is also the worst Twi'lek dancer. He's also the worst dancer in the world, yes. <laughs> yes, as we found out. Uh, um, Ollie, he does like this really awkward he, she, they canonically... Darth Revan is a he, spoiler, spoiler, Canonically spoiler. he. He does this really awkward, like, I'm a 14-year-old boy at my first school dance shuffle. And don't forget the fist pump. Yeah, the fist pump. And, like, there's this one point where you have to perform a set of dance moves to help this dancer audition for this hut. Or not this hut, <laughs> for this dance guy. And all you do is, like, shuffle, 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 fist pump! Shuffle, 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 <laughs> wave. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Wave. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wave. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think they're they're hoping that you're going to, like, use your, like, old D&D, old school, like, imagination here. Yeah. And pretend like this isn't hilarious. It's like, yeah, those are some sexy dance moves. <laughs> I feel... I, everyone knows, like, at, at our first dance as a married couple... Um, the first thing we did was fist pump at each other and then wave. And then the room was cleared from the sexual tension. Everyone had to go home and like... We had to go do... We had to think really hard about a couple of things when we went home. Yes. It isn't even like an enthusiastic, oh, hi, wave. It's a very like wave. It's like, I think that was, I think that's like the Jedi mind trick uh, animation that they used. (laughs) Maybe that is a dance move in the, in the Star Wars universe. Oh, the Star Wars connect. (laughs) Oh gosh. That's another, that is another... Uh, Star Wars game classic. I, actually, that is the best Star Wars game that's ever made. Oh, mm, right there with the uh, Bombad Racing. Exactly. I mean, f- you can fight me on that, but you know I'm right. I'm objectively correct about Hot that. Hot take. Well, that is the best Star Wars game ever made. We then had the prequel series, which incorporated and canonized a lot of this, um, a lot of this stuff that we had, a lot of uh, like Coruscant, again, that was EU. Mm-hmm. It was canonized into like the mainline Star Wars. Lots and lots of stuff from from the prequels relied heavily on the expanded universe. And of course, all this went out the window with Disney acquiring Lucasfilm from George Lucas for a, an obscene sum of money. Yeah. And this, of course, was highly controversial because they said well, the EU is no longer canon. All that is canon is the... Original trilogy, prequel trilogy, the Clone Wars TV series. So for a lot of people, the Star Wars that they grew up with was no longer there. But I'm going to argue, not yet, not arguing yet. Okay. No more, no, we don't, we're not going to, we don't have the fist fight until much later, okay? No, no, not yet. Okay. Then of course, The Force Awakens came out and it was, I think a pretty sweet movie, but kind of to respond to the reaction to the prequels where a lot of people who had watched the original trilogy and had grown up with that were kind of uncertain and or actively hated the prequels. And I remember when I was in high school, people mocked the prequels like no other. Yeah, they still do to this day. They still do. um, To the point where like a lot of us have had to to, like 
rethink how we think about the characters because we realize like Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Banks, actually put a ton of himself into the performance. And I feel really bad about how I treated that character as a teenager. Yeah, today. and Jake Lloyd, that poor, poor kid, he got bullied he got lambasted really bad, and bullied and it was really terrible and i felt so bad because i at the time also thought he was a terrible actor but you know he was a kid yeah it was terrible there was this like hugely visceral reaction to the prequel yeah. trilogy where i mean they were just like it's the worst thing you've destroyed star wars and because i i was a frequenter of the force.net jedi council forums <laughs> um at that time i still am but i had to start a new account because i lost my credentials when i was like 12 oh, for the uh, this is how long my old this account. has been going on <laughs> there were entire like forums where they would post like fan art of people like killing jar jar binks in like more and more like brutal and gory ways they lambasted and 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 mocked like basically every character in it and all the actors were the yeah. worst and the hype was real like the hype was yeah oh it was and intense. john was obsessed with darth maul i want well he, darth maul is awesome was the best part of that movie i actually loved the films yeah they were corny and cheesy and everything at times and the dialogue wasn't always great george lucas has never had good dialogue never, but no. over time i began to realize like well a lot of the things i could complain about in this i could also complain about in the original trilogy there were some new things to complain about like cg wasn't really a thing when they'd made the original trilogy and yeah i think sometimes the direction could have been better in the uh yeah in the prequel trilogy because i think george lucas sometimes allowed takes to go that well george lucas has always had bad dialogue like go and read the script to the originals and like read them yourself don't read them in the voices of the characters and you will see just how much talent and skill went into making that dialogue sound as good as you remember yeah and the thing like harrison ford himself said something along the lines of you can write it george but you can't say it and that's very you can write this crap george but you can't say it exactly and it was it was only because mark hamill's a really good actor carrie fisher was good and you know they were all really good but the dialogue and the thing about class acts and plus he he only wrote the script for a new hope he did not write the script for people forget this all the freaking time uh Mm -hmm. empire strikes back and um Return of the Jedi, neither of them were either directed or written by George Lucas. He just came up with the material for it. And he's really good at coming up with stories. And he's really good at designing the world and doing the whole mythical arc and everything. That's the stuff he's really good at. He's just not good at actually (laughs) executing it in a way that isn't really corny. Lawrence Kasdan was one of the main writers in um, for The Empire Strikes Back, was also one of the main writers for The Force Awakens. Fun fact. And fun fact, a lot when The uh, Empire Strikes Back came out, a lot of people hated it. Yeah, people were, they were really unsure of it. Becca, my wife, Becca, who uh, is laying there and eating popcorn, which I hope you can't hear, her uncle is one of the biggest Star Wars fans. He saw this, you know, saw the original trilogy when they came out. And he did not like Return of the Jedi for the reason of the Ewoks. In his mind, the Ewoks destroyed it. It's funny how people overlook the Ewoks when they talk about, you know, what were they called? The little bird puffin things. Porgs? Porgs, which are barely in the movie, by the way. The Ewoks were loathed by fans when they came out. Just as Jar Jar was unfortunately loathed when he came out. And to be fair, the Ewoks are kind of 
out of nowhere and weird, but you know, when Force Awakens came out, came out, I remember most people liked it. Yeah, generally positive. And sometimes people forget this. For a time, there was a segment of the fandom for whom the phrase, oh, but you liked The Force Awakens was a way of dismissing somebody. Which is like, come on. Come on, guys. I can understand people being disappointed that the story story structure was so familiar. Because, um, yeah, I when I was in the theater, my honest impression of it was I had a lot of fun. It was a fun film. I did wish that they hadn't followed the structure of A New Hope so well, or so, so like, thoroughly. But it's pretty clear what they were trying to do was reestablish in people's minds, we get what makes Star Wars good, and it's in safe hands now. And they did that. Yeah, I would also point out that George Lucas explicitly mentioned that he did the same thing with The Phantom Menace. Yeah, he did. If you think about it, they go to some of the same places. They get the like rustic farm boy off of the planet, except he's a slave. He has a pod race. Kind of the same thing goes on there. They're running away from the bad guys who are trying to get a, a key piece of instead of data, they're trying to get a treaty. And so they, they're, you know, pursuing her across the galaxy as best they can. They lose track of her. She goes to Tatooine. They grab a Skywalker. But then they come back. <clears throat> Battle sequence. Death Star trench run, except instead of a Death Star, it's a droid command ship. Same idea. You go in, a one-man starfighter fires photon torpedoes, which destroys it and wins the battle. It's the same structure. And George Lucas explicitly said he was doing that on purpose. So it was for some time super cheeky to hate on The Force Awakens. Some of this was more legitimate. There's always been a, a segment of the fandom that I don't think I'm even going to dignify by calling them a part of the fandom or even express their views or give them a platform. Suffice to say, they suck. And then there were the ones who had legitimate criticisms, like I think it followed too much the structure of the original, and I understand that. I, I totally do. I learned, a, I have learned so much about opinions and respect. I suppose this is a good segue into talking about The Last Jedi. When I walked out of The Last Jedi, I actually had to sit down and think about it, like how I felt about it for a long time. And what I came to the conclusion was I loved it. But I could absolutely understand why someone wouldn't like it. Here's where it might be beneficial to go into what I think we can argue are legitimate versus illegitimate reasons. So one common criticism that I see is um, it was bad writing. And I found that this is uh, not generally actually legitimate criticism. It was, in fact a well-written film, but it was a risky film, and they took a lot of chances in taking it in new directions that stood the risk of not being popular. I get it if you did not like the direction it went. I absolutely get that. But to say that it was poorly written purely because you didn't like how it turned out, I'm going to say is not legitimate. Yeah, and to say that it ruined the Star Wars franchise, I like actually sat down and wrote like a whole essay about it on my computer because I just had so many thoughts about it that I could never publish anywhere. But now I get to talk about it. Woohoo! The other points that people brought up, you know, a lot of one of the things that did kind of upset me at the time as I was watching it was Luke's character and the fact that Luke Skywalker died. And that did upset me. And I did feel bad about that for a while. But then I like I thought about it again. And it was like, you know what, I'm cool with it. Because that's just the way the story went. And honestly, I think they were paying great respect to his character. And but what a lot of people had a problem with was 
saying, Luke's not like that. He's a super cool, powerful, wise, amazing dude who should be Rey's mentor and be her Jedi master and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, no, he still has a character. I would have actually been disappointed if they didn't give him a character arc here. And in my opinion, like, this is totally in keeping with Luke's character. Like, if you go back and watch the original trilogy, you come back to Last Jedi, it's like, this is totally Luke's character. This is a broken, dejected, everything has fallen apart Luke. And it's it would have been completely out of character if Luke had been this completely sage, wise, amazing, perfect Jedi. And... One thing that struck me that people, again, seem to forget is that uh, I'm going to get really deep here about Luke's character. Oh. One of the reasons that I really sympathized with his character and really liked what they did ultimately with him is that if you go, like, especially with Return of the Jedi, Luke is, like, really terrified of falling to the dark side. You know, his, he, he saw what happened to Darth Vader, his own father. And seeing how screwed up, you know, how the Empire screwed everything up. And he was terrified of seeing that in himself. As we see in Dagobah, when he, you know, has his vision where he faces off against Vader. And then he sees his face mm -hmm. in the mask. It's like he's absolutely, that's something, that's like his biggest fear. So when he sees his nephew fall to the dark side and everything goes to crap. I mean, why wouldn't he give up? It's it's a version of Luke who I think reacts much more realistically. And remember, listen to when he does confront Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi. Listen to the musical score John Williams has created for this scene where he, he actually beats Vader. This is what the whole trilogy had been building up to. But you listen to the score that he produced and he's making it not a triumphant moment, it's a tragic moment. If you, if you listen to the theme he uses, he actually takes the main Star Wars theme. It's all the heroic themes, but they've been like twisted into being this like really kind of tragic moment for the character. And his defeat of Vader is his lowest point, not his highest. And that's told through the musical score as well as the scenery and how George Lucas alludes to this when he does uh, Revenge of the Sith. And we see when Anakin starts turning to the dark side, like in, in uh, the totality of it, where he's uh, fighting Count Dooku and he deliberately mirrors the scene. Yeah, and part of Luke's character is he feels like, I feel like he feel you kind of get the sense like, oh, it's a repeating cycle. It's There's just always going to be powerful people falling to the dark side and giving in and causing all this destruction. And that's kind of what, it kind of ties back into the whole title of the franchise, Star Wars. Wars War is like never ending. And Luke is just this very, you know, very tired, weary character who... It just gives up hope on ever breaking that cycle. And, and I mean, think about it's also, I think, a much more realistic reaction than the one he has in the EU. Because I think what, what the EU did not do was have him cope with the realization that Darth Vader was his father. Like, this doesn't seem to have affected him very much, except to say, I can save him in, in the films. And in the EU, it doesn't seem to affect him either. Just sort of like, oh, well, I got to watch out for that dark side stuff. But hey, I redeemed him in the end and it's cool. I'm way oversimplifying. I know there's a lot more in the EU than that. But but um, in the current canon, if you read the equivalent of the EU, like the books and the comics, I think we have a much more realistic reaction, which is like, okay, so he knows he is the son of Darth Vader. What does the rest of the galaxy think of this? Do we think that they're going to be okay with him? Don't you think they might be suspicious of the son of Darth Vader? And that's exactly what happens, is it actually takes a long time for everyone to find out. Actually, they don't discover that 
I think people knew that Anakin Skywalker might have had like kids. I don't remember. I was just reading Bloodline. And I don't think it's until Bloodline, which is to say about six to eight years before the events of The Force Awakens, that the rest of the galaxy even finds out that he is Darth Vader's son. And at that point, he's already kind of a recluse on doing his Jedi Temple. But after the failure of his nephew, and now the whole galaxy knows who he is. In fact, that might have been part of why Kylo Ren felt at the dark side was that everyone kept from him, that he was related to Darth Vader until he was already training as a Jedi. Yeah, and, you know, and that's whole again, going into Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren's whole thing is that he hangs on to the, he like Luke hangs on to the past but in a way that he like glorifies it. Um I think there's two things to consider here. The first being that um just as those who watched the prequel trilogy who grew up with the original trilogy had a much more negative reaction to it because it wasn't their Star Wars, I think the people who grew up with the prequel trilogy were more prone to have a negative reaction to the sequel trilogy because it wasn't their Star Wars. So there's that. And the other is that with the other trilogies that are, you know, in the past tense, you can watch them all in sequence and see how the story progresses through the entire arc. Whereas I think when you're, you know, getting them every two years, uh, you don't get to see them in the same way. It's not like you can binge them. And so you don't see how it's going to end. And so when you end on kind of like a an awkward note like The Last Jedi does, like a kind of like this weird, unfamiliar note for Star Wars, it can feel jarring. But I'm betting, I, I have a bet, that in the context of the entire trilogy, once episode nine is out, it will fit in better than people feel that it does now. Yeah, and I think it'll be like, you know, The Empire Strikes Back. I think eventually it will be recognized for what it did, even though it is an imperfect of film. Of course, all of every single Star Wars film is imperfect. <laughs> people want to talk about like, oh, this doesn't happen in space. Have you watched a Star Wars? Have you ever? Like, you need to. It's like, seriously, like. In the end, this is not a science fiction series. This is a fantasy series. In the end, I think the point is it doesn't matter. In Star Wars at all times, the narrative takes much more precedence over everything making yeah. sense. We want to talk about things making sense. We could go back to the yeah. prequels or the original trilogy and ask why they did X or Y. And in the words of Harrison Ford, when a continuity issue was brought up by Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford stops him and says, kid, this ain't that kind of movie. If people are worried, if people are sitting there thinking about this, then we've lost them. Or then we're in big trouble. Exactly. And the thing about Star Wars it has to make Star Wars sense, but it doesn't have to make any other kind of sense. It just has to make Star Wars sense. If it makes too much sense, I feel like it ceases to be Star Wars. Star Wars has a degree of ridiculousness that makes it fun. This is why we can enjoy things like Dex's freaking diner or 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 death sticks or cups of jawa juice or blue milk or 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 even just something as simple as going down to tashi station to pick up some power converters like it's kind of a silly movie series and always has been and if anything i would say the sequel trilogy suffers from taking itself too seriously so i guess to summarize all of this to say we're hugely excited for episode nine i think we both agree that in the end we we came to really appreciate and enjoy the last jedi but if you disagree Agree with us you're totally welcome to the difference between disagreeing with and saying well i don't know about that point or i here's a counter example to that point or i'm going to argue something else the difference between that and saying 
lull and just being a general douchebag about it is that you become a general douchebag. And this is why there is a fandom war right now. I don't think it's because people disagree. It's because people cannot, for whatever reason, discuss. They have to fight. I think far too often, especially when it, as human beings, but especially when it comes to things that we're enthusiastic about, I guess, like, that we really care about, um, understandably, it's either, you know, I'm right and you're wrong. It's just, you're, you're on two extremes. It's like, I'm right and I'm good and you're wrong and you're bad and you're stupid and I have to tell you why. And and, and this movie, I didn't like it, so it is bad. In the end, I just want to end this discussion on a high note, which is, um, so back to the Force.net boards. Those awesome boards that I love. Um, the people there have a variety of opinions. There's a lot of hate and there's a lot of love for the sequel trilogy, but but when Kelly Marie Tran left uh, Instagram and all that, even though a lot of people were saying, I don't like her character, I don't like what they did with her character, but they all got together and did this huge support campaign for her. And they sent her all these like, these, like all these videos and stuff of being like, guys, we, we love you, Kelly, you're awesome. You know, whether or not they liked her character, whether or not they liked The Last Jedi, they all got together and sent her this big, like, you know, bundle of love. And I'm like, see, that that's real fans. So you know what? Whatever you thought of The Last Jedi, it's cool. I respect your opinion. I may disagree with you. You can disagree with me. But we are both fans, and there's no reason for us not to be one big happy fandom. Exactly. I love Star Wars. You love Star Wars. Let's all love it together. Yes. And speaking of loving things together, yes. I think it's high time we start uh, continuing the story of Sonodred, Kithris, and the, the boat that could, the raft that could, the peace that the could. Exactly. And <laughs> and swag's in there somewhere. Ah, chapter three, Into the Dark. Really? Only on chapter three? I know. Welcome back, Becca. Oh, why, why thank you. I am back. <laughs> You're back. My back. <laughs> <laughs> what happened last? They did set the field on fire, and it erupted immediately through the fuel of the ale into... F- 50-foot-high flames, into which the not-orcs charged and burned into a crisp, and Kithris showed up, and the Final Fantasy VII One-Winged Angel theme came on, and and he fought Sonodred face-to-face. Well, that didn't go too well for either of them. I think Sonodred fainted again, and Kithris might be dead, I have no idea. Um, and... Maybe, yeah, it's hard to say. And then, additionally... Oh, there goes Becca. Becca will be back. We'll, we'll bring her back in. And then, we body shamed... We body shamed poor Swagga. And then, the battle ended, and Swag smiled when asked about their plan for the future. Sonata just separated from them. And then we get to chapter three, Into the Dark. Sonodred awoke in a black field, and the reek of charred earth filled his nostrils. The ground was very warm to the touch, and he felt sweat running down his cheeks and all about him. Ew! (laughs) So he's just lying in a puddle of sweat? Of sweat. Ew! Ew! Rising slowly to his feet, he let out a hiss of pain and fell back to the ground. 
he had forgotten that his leg was still broken. This time, minding his leg, he sat up and surveyed his surroundings. To his astonishment, he saw no sign of the village that had once thrived in the lush grassland by the river, surrounded by evergreen trees. Instead, he saw a blackened landscape, barren and featureless, and a vast mound of charred wood still issuing tendrils of smoke into the crimson, crimson sunset that was the sky. <laughs> he had been propelled quite a ways from the village by the explosion? In fact, he lay not too far from the river itself, a steady flow of water still inching by. And he saw the trusty raft come slowly but doggedly <laughs> floating down the river and um, barked as it came up to him. Yeah. <laughs> it truly must be a slopping river here because the water is only inching. The water's by. inching by. <laughs> and not five yards away lay an unblazoned breastplate with a shard of a sword thrust through it. Black leather sleeves protruded from the metal, amazingly unhindered by the fire. Unhindered by the fire? Okay. Unhindered by the and fire. And fine leather pantaloons as well. <laughs> oh no! You didn't actually know what pantaloons were, did you? <laughs> well, <laughs> fine leather pantaloons. <laughs> Continuing on, two gauntlets had fallen by the sleeve's end and boots at the pantaloons, but no body lay inside the garments. Strangely enough, it was an empty set of armor. <laughs> Except the pantaloons. <laughs> Actually, not armor. I think it's literally just a breastplate. <clears throat> anyway, confused. And gauntlets. Yeah, confused. Sonadred looked closer on this oddity. And then it all came back to him in a torrent of unwanted memories. His eyes widened and he clutched his head, stifling a cry, which I imagine sounded something like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he just, you know, spends the rest of the story crying. He, which is okay. We're, we're not shaming anybody for doing that. Um, just wanted Yeah, he raised his head and glanced about himself. That was short. His yep. clothes were torn and darkened, but still intact after the fire. Okay. <laughs> and for that, he was grateful. <laughs> really embarrassing if he was naked. I was so embarrassed. And he, But he looked about with more intent and found this time the sword... Kithris had given him. It was sheathed, he noted with some curiosity. Though that was nothing compared to the despair <laughs> that he felt. Uh, I'm switching onto a totally different thing now. Okay. What is, I'm curious about what your train of logic was here. Like, how is that like the. Okay. These flowers are red, but that's nothing compared to my despair. <laughs> He looked again to the ruin near him and saw near it a field of small black charred, small black and charred grave markers, <laughs> grapping the hilt <laughs> of a new, grapping it <laughs> to the hilt of the nearby sword. He hoisted himself to a standing position and balanced himself on his good leg because there's nothing makes a better crutch than a sword. Than a sword. 
He began to stagger toward the ruin to search for survivors, but a sudden thought came to him. There's nothing more metal than using a sword as a crutch. <laughs> he looked down at Kithris's garment and noted the sword Kithris had used the night before laying at the gauntlet's palm. After strapping the sword very carefully to his own back with the provided sheath among the armor, How, oh, he donned so nice. the... <laughs> How kind of him. <laughs> Uh, he donned the fine gauntlets as well, and found that despite their metal plating, they fit to his skin, and, ooh, and left his hands as free as if they were bare. Oh, I really hope he doesn't have any arm hair. <laughs> Struggling to his feet again, he hobbled off toward the village Again. Again. It's so what okay, so he basically just looted Kithris's body, which <laughs> that's what that's what you do. In D D. In D John and I searched the body. <laughs> <clears throat> he reached the smoldering ruin and choked back tears at the sight of the buildings he had played around as a small child. Apparently they never let him in, which was probably wise. There was a house almost still erect. With a door lying nearby, torn off its hinges, and Sonadred remembered it as Old James Toph's Cottage, <laughs> where he had tormented the old Whoa. man's cat for years. Sonadred? What? You foul being! What? He staggered. He staggered over as best as he was able, disbelief growing on his face. From inside, there came a foul stench, and he heard the hum of festering flies? Ew! He could bear to look no longer, and turned his head toward the completely destroyed inn near the center of the village. Lying on the ground was his old friend, whom we've never heard of before, Tom Hollingshead. <laughs> Eyes open and glazed over. No blood in his face at all. It was all gathered in a vast pool around him. His mouth was open in a scream. And a short, crooked summer jutted from his shallow chest. I'm body shaming the dead now. Dried black trickles of infected blood staining the shirt around him. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we've entered the best part of this. The, you thought you thought it was good with the talking tree. You thought it was good with the unintentional, and I do mean unintentional, homoeroticism. And I apologize. I really do. Yeah, the jokes are not made to be made at the expense of any person's sexuality or anything. Uh, the jokes. Are because I didn't mean to. And it works and so well. I actually exactly. want a story about that now. Anyway. <laughs> maybe maybe if we eventually do a Patreon, we could write one. Um, but we, we've passed on to the truly best part. Oh, boy. This John has aged a little bit here. John, John is perhaps 13 or 14 now. And I have discovered a new narrative um, tool. And that is... John has become Edgelord, and we have entered the territory of Adzil, known as the realm of Edgelord. So the black the, the pools of in, black trickles of infected blood staining the shirt around it. Next to his was his wife, Edna. <laughs> Where did you 
find that name? Edna. <laughs> Edna. An arrow protruded from her back, and her stiff hand was clutching Tom's, oh. while a, a swarm of insects encircled them both. A cruel parody of a love scene. <laughs> edge, edge, edge. Are you okay? <laughs> Not too far from them lay his own mother. Oh, oh no! Oh, no. Oh, you oh. did it! Your wife and dead mom. A single raven praying on her face. He watched horrified for a moment. As if unsure of his ability to do anything about it, to move at all. Then in a rage, Sondred drew Kithris's sword from his back and rushed to her side, ignoring the pain in his leg and the eerie scene cracking sound it made. Rage <laughs> struck. The bird had only a moment to glance over its shoulder before Sondred decapitated. Oh my gosh! and cast its body to the earth, where it leaped dark, streaked blood. Sonatred glanced at his, his dead mother. Wait, this is Sonatred's mother? mother? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I can't finish the scene. And simply dropped his sword, fell to the earth, and wept over her. It was quite obvious that his plan had failed. The beast had survived the defending fire and attacked the village beyond. Just think. So that that was the end of Lady Rachel. And Lady Rachel met a cruel fate. I didn't, a parody we of didn't, a death scene. We didn't even know that it was his mom, though, because it, I thought it was Tom's mother. I did too. But no, it was Sonadred's mother. At the end of chapter two... Swag was like, and now we must leave everybody. Um, so, yes. no, they, like, did they just? They just died. Not even look for Sonadred? No, they just. Well, I, they just died. I did mention that there were dead bodies. But, oh, that's right. But I didn't mention this. And Sonadred looked, and there were dead babies hanging like Christmas lights over the tavern. <laughs> Sonadred cursed his own stupidity. What had made him think that just because some hero had succeeded in a legend, he would too? Fair enough. Fair enough. All he had succeeded in doing was the burning, was the burning the field and murder of his friends and family. The pants were dead, and the, <laughs> the pants were dead. <laughs> that was uh, that was from the masterpiece. Of, Full life. Yeah. Full, or, or half life. Full, full life, life consequences. consequences. Um, I don't remember who the author was, but uh, you should look it up. Squirrel King. <laughs> Squirrel King, that's right. He wept and cursed himself over and over as the darkness <laughs> gathered around him. He went and turned on his My Chemical Romance album <laughs> until the light glimmered between the branches of distant trees and failed the sky. Even the sky is failing him. I saw Nadrid had failed his family and friends. John, I'm very concerned for you. I'm actually legitimately like, John, are you okay? Teenage John, are you okay? Are you going through some Teenage crap right John now? Needed he paused as he looked up and saw that the crescent waning moon was, the, was only casting a dim silvery light that left too much of the world around him to the imagination. <laughs> 
It was because of this that it took a moment for him to see the shapes nearby moving northward in a slow, mournful manner. What? There are shapes? There was a long line of them, whatever they were, and moving perpendicular to Sonadred. <clears throat> he turned and hastily piled some nearby ashes to cover his mother's body. Another tear trickled down his face as he cast one last glance at the mound of black and gray behind him, and a lump had formed in his throat. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> he made the difficult choice to ignore it, and began hobbling towards the shapes with some curiosity. They were far too tall to be the creatures that had attacked the previous night. Ho noted. And so unless there was another race of humanoid beasts roaming through the accursed forest, it was very likely others of his kind. Some hope flashed the torrent of despair that had taken his mind. And his heart raced at the thought that some of his friends had managed to escape the slaughter. Once again, one of my favorite phrases. <clears throat> he hurried as best as he was able. <laughs> But in his surge of fury when he had killed the raven, he had cracked his leg nearly in half. So his leg is just basically in an L shape at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he winced in pain, but pressed on. He could not fail again, even in this. He needed something to accomplish in his mind. Another tear trailed down his face. <laughs> he had never accomplished Anything worthwhile. Oh, 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 <laughs> he had only learned oh, 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 about those who had and wished he were there. Oh, ouch! When the opportunities came for him to do likewise, he had foolishly leaped to the responsibility. Okay, okay, Sonic, focus, focus. Were... He tripped on a headless corpse oh. of a woman. And stumbled, falling over her to find himself staring at her head. <laughs> Too far away. Her eyes were wide with fear. And her mouth opened in an eternal silent shriek. Fat droplets of blood <laughs> spattering her face and drenching her lower lip. Where the blood had flowed freely from her mouth. I need to put an explicit content warning on this one. <laughs> it's like, John, it's John. Look, we already did this. We already established this. It's sad. We know it's Dead. sad. Death. We get Death. it. <laughs> Gasping with surprise and wincing in both horror and guilt, oh. he began to weep again. Oh, Swanadred, no. Swanadred. <laughs> Another of his victims lay before him. Had she been married? Is the first thing he wonders. Because that's all women are good for at this point. Not thinking she had a father, parents, she was a sister. No, it's had she been married? Because that's the most important thing a woman can do in this life. Had she fulfilled her sole purpose in this society? She wasn't his mother, so that was all she was good for. Did she have children? <laughs> Did she have children who were off elsewhere crying for their lost mother? Or a husband weeping over her as freely as Sonadred was now? For as long as these thoughts went uninterrupted, un even though we really wish they would interrupt. <laughs> oh, you'll be, you're, you're in for some. <laughs> you're in luck. Sonadred felt only sorrow and misery. But when a clawed, scaly hand gripped his throat and twisted his neck, only an animalistic rage filled him. He obeyed the hand and turned to stare into the snouted, fanged face of a massive reptilian creature, eyes red and alight with an inner flame, and steam rose from its nostrils. 
It was girded in plates, overlapping one another, and cruel jagged spikes protruding from the shoulders and wrists as its grip tightened. Now, this is just racist towards the lizard people. And he also stole Saravok's armor. He did? <laughs> if you've ever played Baldur's Gate, it's... <clears throat> I just described Saravok's armor. You should just look it up. You'll know exactly what we mean. <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> Kalish Olest came the inhuman voice writhing within the throat of the creature. <laughs> In a language that Sonnadred only vaguely remembered studying. And the only word he caught from it was kale, which was the ancient form of. Uh, which, which was an ancient term for a feast. Sonnadred's features contorted slowly in passionate hatred for this beast, that soon their faces were not so alike one another. He grew a snout. <laughs> His fangs. And fangs. <laughs> and they sort of. They, they did that lizard tongue thing where it's like. <laughs> at each other. In an instant, Sonadred's fist was clenching the reptile's throat. Despite the spiked collar it wore, the iron was driven hard through Sonadred's hands. Yet he heeded them not. So this, w uh, sorry, sorry, Sonadred shrieking here. So this was your feast and growth then. <laughs> Sonadred shrieked, clenching harder. I'm imagining his butt cheeks are just like clenching. <laughs> clenching. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> The thing's eyes widened, and small choking noises were audible from its throat, despite the fact that it was wearing a metal collar, but whatever. Its grip on Sonadred's weakened, and the claw-like fingers began to tremble. <laughs> she was merely a morsel to devour while watching for amusement! <laughs> Sonadred cried, gesturing to the headless woman nearby. Well then, let me join you in your feasting! Oh, he no. cried, bringing the reptile's neck to his mouth, where he sank his teeth! Into its scaly flesh! <laughs> wow! You are breaking new ground in edgelord territory here, Teenage John! <laughs> it is so ridiculous, it's actually kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay. It screamed in agony, but the cry was weak and without air. <clears throat> Sonadred drew back to see, much to his shock, four neat holes in the thing's flesh and cutting through the hide like a hot knife through butter. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> or like four neat holes through flesh. I'm so happy I got to read this paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> black blood flowed from the fresh wounds. <clears throat> in this universe, blood is not red, it's black. It's always black or infected or streaked. <laughs> and Sonadred's fist closed completely, crushing the thing's muscular neck and its iron collar somehow, as a man I would guess. crush a twig. The body went limp in his hands, and he cast it to the ground, <laughs> laughing with an emotion he had not felt in quite some time. Satisfaction. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I'll give props to Teenage John. That was the last thing. I was expecting Sonadred to do it. I wasn't expecting him to do it at all. That was a good job. <laughs> so, you know, I am very glad you read that too, because I couldn't have made it through I, uh, that paragraph. Yeah, I don't think you could have. <laughs> and also, um, so... <laughs> oh my gosh. So if you guys want to know what is truly someone drastically going out of character all of a sudden <laughs> one cannot go more off the rails 
like Sondred, the, the rails were over here. Sondred is now like in another country with a fake passport and like a stolen gun in his pocket. I am just so, so very glad that this is why we do cold reads, folks. There was someone still in the ruin. Swag realized as he heard the shouting. <laughs> Swag, sanity we need. The moon was not bright enough for him to discern merely by looking what was going on. The march of villagers halted, and there came more shouting. <laughs> not the shouting of combat, though, but one man shouting in fury. A man with an oddly familiar voice. It took a moment for Swag to realize that voice belonged to Sonadred. And squinting to peer through the darkness, he managed to see two figures grappling each other, each clutching the other's throat. Maligent! To me, came Swag's cry. One G. Heresy! I know. I reject. This is non-canonical. Non-canonical! I am offended and angered. Ugh. Came Swag's cries. He reared his horse that he didn't have around and began to gallop toward the ruin, not waiting to see if Maligent was coming. Maligent was coming. The wind whipped at his face, and he forgot for a moment about the lives that were still in his hands. Oh, just leave them behind. It's okay. Whatever. Worked so well last time. Only about 20 or 30 villagers lived yet. From how many? And, and there were still possibly many bestial soldiers in the charred and blackened wood through which the company was marching. All that was gone completely from his mind, with the realization that Sonadred may have lived, came to him. All of this was suddenly shoved into the back of his mind when his horse bucked beneath him and collapsed. Oh no! <laughs> not the horse! <laughs> what? Not the horse! What? Throwing him to the ground with a rather unpleasant, it was rather unpleasant amount of force. Oh, it wasn't terrible, but it was rather unpleasant. For- it was rather unpleasant. Forcing himself to sit up, he felt a sudden warm wetness on his forehead. What? It was p- sweat. <laughs> wiping, wiping, wiping it away, he saw in the dim light that his hand came away wet with blood, of course. Choosing to ignore this at present, you know, you just start bleeding from your ears, it's not a big deal. He looked up to see his horse dead in front of him with a bent knife lodged in his throat. A pool of blood gathering around it, spilling smoothly out from the wound. All too much like water from a bottle. What? 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 Why do I? Why do I? Why am I getting all the violent paragraphs? Standing over the body was young Tom Hollingshead, his face shadowed by the accumulated darkness of night. Swag, guh, two G's, proper this time, cocked his head and frowned curiously. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it w- Tom, he said uncertainly. What appeared to be a fly flew from behind Tom's head and disappeared into the gloom. The the gloom, not the gloom. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you were dead in the morning, Maligent told me. As the words left his lips, though, Maligent and his steed soared by in a flash of hooves and dust. As he passed, there was a whistling, and Tom's head fell to the earth, <laughs> leaving his body teetering lifelessly. Oh, no. But it did not fall, nor did any blood gush out as Swag had expected, his stomach lurching at the thought of seeing another fountain issuing from a neck. <laughs> uh, he had seen too many in the past few days. Too many blood fountains. Instead, <laughs> few days? What's been going on? The battle was just yesterday. <laughs> confused because you can hear Sondadred shouting (laughs) but past few days (laughs) Um, anyway uh, instead it bent its legs and its hands felt around the dead horse's neck extracting the knife dread filled swag 
as I figure out how to go. And all color left his cheeks. He slammed <laughs> his eyes shut, not knowing what would come next, and not wanting to. He wanted to run away, but his body would not move. There was the sound of another body falling near his, and then a torrent of hoofs. Swag found himself hoisted in the air by one leather-wrapped arm. He slammed his eyes shut. <laughs> as all arms should be. <laughs> oh my gosh. Open your bloody eyes, swag! Came the voice of Maligent above him with a terrible British accent, with no small amount of strain. <clears throat> Obeying Maligent reluctantly, Swag saw that he was being held close to the side of Maligent's saddle by none other than the man himself. What? Wow! <laughs> that superhuman strength on this guy, wow! Swag's just dangling helplessly by the, so- by the horse's side as it's galloping forward. <laughs> Hurriedly, Swag managed to slide onto the back of the horse and cling to Maligent, who then let go of him with a sigh of relief. Oh no, we do my shame. <laughs> the shame never ends, even in a zombie apocalypse. <clears throat> the horse was galloping, though, and it appeared to be quite tired and downtrodden, straining itself to recover each bound it took. Upon looking at the animal, he saw why. <laughs> Aside from himself and Maligent, the horse was laden with Sonadrid as well. <laughs> Lolling unconsciously with every gallop, straddling the horse's neck in front of Maligent. So was he just like, was he dangling swag helplessly the entire time he was co- unconscious by the side of the gallop? Glancing over his shoulder to see what had happened, he saw many corpses following them, freshly killed from the night before, having had no time to decay, and therefore moving as fast as living humans, sprinting in vain after the horse. Fly! Oh, sorry, it's Maligent. Fly, my friends! Fly to the caves! cried Maligent to the long line of villagers. The dead have risen! Fly, yes, your lives be forfeit as well! <laughs> what, um, what am I doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Swag did not look ahead, though. He was too intrigued by the morbid party attacking from behind. Ooh, what's that? There were some that ran without heads or other limbs, some who he had drunk with only the night before. He noticed with depressed feelings rising in him. (laughs) (laughs) That could just be like the tagline for this whole- Depressed feelings rising inside him. (laughs) A few still had arrows protruding from them, or a sword through their sides. None of this hindered them. They ran without heed to the few who had collapsed and were trampled, or the other being that was not running. In, Whatever that is. in fact, it was not even visibly moving, just sort of floating with them. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, sort of, it does actually read, just sort of floating with them. That is actually what it says! <laughs> its robes and mantle billowed as it pursued them, though its arms issued not forth from its cloak. <laughs> it issued from its backside. <laughs> issued forth from its backside, Laura. It was draped all in black, and a heavy threadbare cowl was drawn over its head, shouting all but a thick, blazing jaw that gave no light nor insight to the cowl's contents. And before Pag- sorry. Before Swag passed out, he saw that the mouth was laughing. Of course, we end once again with someone passing out. Because that's how you end a scene when you don't know how to end a scene. This is done in Aragon so many times. At least in the first book. Um, you know, I think that's a good place to end Yes, that's today. an excellent place to end! I feel like... Um, nothing, nothing is the same. You, I think you need to write now. a letter to Mom. <laughs> Mom, I promise I, I, I was okay. I just wanted really, really badly <laughs> to be relevant. And when you were a teenager, see, just, you're trying to find ways to be relevant. 
Edgelord John <laughs> takes control of the keep, raises his banner. The banner is Sonadred not smiling. Oh, it's, it's just not Sonadred and Kithris. A sable banner. Mom, I'm talking to you now. There are many people who might be listening to this. The cats just ran into the dryer with a very loud and worrying bang. I hope they're okay. But whether or not they are, I assure you, I am. Mom, don't worry. Relax. It's fine. It's fine. This is fine. And um, it is with that really uncomfortable note that we must uh, come to the end of yet another voyage through the suddenly dark lands of Adzel and the brutal clouds of vile smoke that upon closer inspection are actually flies, whose faces on closer inspection are the corpses of people's mothers, children, loved ones, etc. Whose eyes on closer inspection are our skulls. Our skulls. In the skulls, there is blood. And the blood is black and infected. And it's on fire. (laughs) And it's on fire, like my heart. And if you listen very hard, you can hear... Metallica's Enter Sandman in the background. That's a really weird <laughs> anthem. I thought you were like Metallica's one or to live is to die. Like, enter Sandman. <laughs> the, 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 well, like, the flies as I understand and it, the eyes and the skulls. Is <laughs> actually Nine Inch Nails hurt. Is, is, Insert metal yes, song. Yes, in the background. Not Johnny Cash's. It isn't Enter Sandman. It, but it's also Enter Sandman. It is, it is also it's, Enter Sandman. Mm-hmm. And it's also one. And it's also Slipknot. It's also Slipknot. (laughs) Uh, And it is there that we must leave you off. Um, I hope you guys are okay. And we we love you. 